Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and I'm here with my other co-hosts, Ricky and Matt. Today, we are going to be talking about a very interesting anime called Darwin's Game. But before we get started, let's have Matt introduce today's drink of choice. Today, we are drinking a Japanese whiskey called Toki. It's a Suntory whiskey. I'm chasing it down with a spotted cow of local favorite, one of my favorite beers. And then Ricky and Lance are drinking a Corona with lime. Thank you, Lance, for bringing this whiskey for us. Never had a Japanese whiskey, so it's definitely something different. That's pretty smooth, man. I like it. Yeah, I was very surprised. Ricky, can you tell us just what this anime is about? All right, so a simple synopsis of this anime is uh, you follow this high school student named Kaname Sudo, receives an invitation from a classmate to play Darwin's Game. Uh, Darwin's Game is basically a mobile app, but uh, when he opens and taps the phone, he gets bit by a snake, and he kind of brushes it off, thinks it's a hallucination. Later on, his curiosity gets the better of him. He opens up the app again, and upon you know looking into the game a little bit more, he realizes it's a battle game. Things get interesting after that. He meets his first opponent, the Panda Man, and after that, you start to see that this game is pretty serious and it's life or death. So it's pretty interesting. And I think, what, Lance's lessons left? Next? Yep. Alright, so Lance's lessons. Today, Lance's lessons is going to be the Japanese word for evolution. The word is Shinka. S-H-I-N-K-A. And this is kind of a personal favorite word for me, Shinka, because I watched a lot of Digimon in Japanese, and every time they wanted to go through their Digivolutions, they would always yell, Shinka! And then they Digivolve, and I always had a fun time with that. But uh, yeah, go find that one on our social media pages. We'll have that posted, and you can see that one written out. And give us a like and share that one, too. Awesome. Thank you, Lance. So, Matt, who is your favorite character in this anime? I'm going to be pretty basic. And it's going to be Kaname. I feel like that's going to be all of us because for the most part, he gets the most screen time when it comes to the anime. Oh, he definitely gets the most screen time for sure, being the main character and all. Ricky, what about you? Uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Surprisingly, it's not Kaname. It's Ryuji. It's Ryu- that one guy that looks just like his friend. Ryuji. Oh, yeah. Ryuji? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy with the machine gun in the beginning. I'm a little curious about that, but yeah, he's he's definitely my favorite right now the one who has the truth or lie yeah signal. which he kind of thinks is kind of worthless i i kind of like it but i like his demeanor when he first met kaname in the elevator and uh-huh. he just let him go for some reason that just kind of stuck with me so that's why i like him a lot so the only thing i'm going to say to get ahead of myself is i like how they call it in the manga better they call it a bullshit detector instead of a oh tr- that sounds cooler <laughs> i like truth that. or lie that's so stupid. Well, in the english yeah i think it was called truth or lie i'm like oh, that's kind of lame you can give it a cooler name yeah lance what about you uh, well, to let Matt down, it's not Kaname. <laughs> I, I think I want to go with Shuka. I love the fact that she's swinging around like Spider-Man. Spider-Man has a special place in my heart. But the, the fact that, you know, she can control her chains and all that fun stuff and just take care of everybody. You know, she was essentially, what, the number two killer in the entire yep. uh, game. So Shuka's a badass, and I like her. Her, her sigil is really cool. Queen yeah. of Thorns. Queen of Thorns, yeah. They didn't give that name until, like, the final, like, what, episode, was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Episode 11. Yeah, when they're fighting Wong. 
is when she talks mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, because I saw it initially. That it's like, oh, she can what everybody else thinks. You can only control chains, and then she just chops off, chops up Paul. It's kind of it's cool. Yeah, like it's nothing. She turns into this super badass in the end. She's got these super thin mini chains, completely spider webbed throughout the entire warehouse, and then oh yeah, she can sit there and vibrate it as good enough to uh, cut through flesh and bone. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just string. All it was is string. Was it just string? I assume yeah. it was some form of metal. It, I, because she basically can. I think thought of it kind of like a fishing line, uh-huh. and then she vibrates it so fast that it can chop through bone. Yeah. That's that's insane. That was a cool scene. That was yeah. a really cool scene. Uh, that was smart the way they played that. I was it got me. And I was like, how the fuck is he chopping himself up? Right. Yeah. When that whole scene was going down, I thought uh, Zulan, the number one player of the winning games, I thought she just like somehow is watching from outside that warehouse. Oh, by the way, listeners, we're talking about the very last episode at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought she was just peeking in and making Wong uh, think he's dying and all that stuff. And then we find out that it's actually Shuko who's doing all the actual damage. Now that you brought her up, um, she's probably my second favorite. Just because her, her little ability, even before the game started, they said that she was using that. Um, it interests me. I don't know like I don't know how exactly it works. Oh, yeah, the the fact that you think like you're dying. So it's yeah. Like, that that interests me, death. right? And but it doesn't do any kind of, like, permanent or physical damage but she does have that what that energy slash that they say she has Mm -hmm. which is that's you know that's like wong's little quick slash move too they got the same concept going there so i can imagine that's her kill move but you know maybe her sigil is to stun him and then she goes in for the kill well that that move is a part of her assassin yeah so her desire to kill them is what she's portraying Mm -hmm. and that's them projecting what she's gonna how she's gonna kill him oh yeah and that's that's something that they they talk about and it's kind of kind of crazy that you can do that yeah <laughs> put any kind of thought into the other your opponent's mind at that point i guess what was one of your favorite scenes lance one of my favorite scenes uh i mean i guess we just kind of talked about it was shuka versus wong i loved how this is really where she came in clutch for me it was fact that she's controlling all this stuff how she could think so far ahead probably because of Kaname, because apparently some super genius after the whole first arc but how she already anticipated wong teleporting and switching places with her while he was stuck and webbed up and those uh her webbing her deal and then he thought that you know she was going to cut herself with her own webbing but of course dummy didn't realize that she's the one actually controlling everything so why would she put pressure on herself i just thought there was a lot of coolness in there and maybe if we reverse just a little bit before that back when Kaname found his friend dead in that box and then all of a sudden a switch clicks and now Kaname is a super badass and now oh. he's dead shot <laughs> dead center bro everybody right in the forehead to I, quote Senji dead center uh-huh. I, I love that instant switch that now you're I don't want to give him the bad light of calling him a cold blooded killer but like don't don't mess with me, man. I, I love that one part too. What about you, Matt? What's your favorite? Um, I'd say that one. I also I'd say one hilarious part that I laugh at every time I watch it because I've watched this like three or four times at this point <laughs> is when Kaname wakes up and Shuka's just laying on top of him and he's like, "What the fuck?" At the end of episode one. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I thought that was hilarious. I laugh at it every time. Oh yeah, she wakes up naked, asks him to make a family with him. <laughs> like, what? 
What about you, Ricky? Um, I guess it's like an arc, you would call it. But uh, the event of the rings, like all that was just awesome. That yeah. whole thing was just amazing. Yeah, it's just, you know, they didn't, they're didn't. they in the same city that, that they live in. But they basically kind of got sucked into a game type of mode. Like it was a battle royale mode. And, you know, there was no civilians out because that phone, whatever, sent the civilians away. But <clears throat> they were just free to fight each other. And mm-hmm. it was it was basically, a, obviously it was a game, but it was a game to the death. Yeah. And uh, actually I'm kind of watching one of the hotel scenes right now with the florist. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I thought I thought it was gonna be like they're gonna be in that hotel room for a few episodes and it's gonna get boring, but the interest still sparked. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. the florist. I thought I think he's a very close second place for my favorite character. I I didn't think I would like like just a plant guy to be that much, but this dude's got solid plant armor. He turns into uh, oh crap, I can't remember the dude's name from New York show right now, but he's part of that. Shinobi clan, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but he just reminded me of him instantly. But the fact that he can do all that controlling and kicking some major ass, takes out the eighth clan basically all by himself, and then when shit gets too far, he's able to keep his heart beating with his own sigil, keeping those plants wrapped yeah. around his heart somehow. Yeah, thought that was uh some pretty creative writing right there. Yeah, and then just explode, essentially exploding the entire hotel, uh-huh. and then killing all those people after he died. That oh was- yeah. That was a cool little twist, and it definitely helped Kaname when he came to fighting the eighth too. So it was a good little bit of writing. I I agree with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just that whole. I was not expecting the twist when it came to Rain when she gets her when she talked about her sigil and how she can actually essentially tap into her own mind. That was kind of crazy. Yeah, applause. Oh yeah, when she goes deep into herself. I, yeah, that was a fun fun way to twist all that. Instead of seeing like the outside future, now she can see within future, and like that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, Laplace. I think uh, let's talk about Darwin, like Charles Darwin, real quick. Kind of like the whole idea about how this anime kind of comes into play. Uh, if I was if I just bring up something quick on Google, just read this real quick. Uh, Charles Darwin was a British naturalist who proposed a theory of biological evolution by natural selection. Darwin defined evolution as descent with modification, the idea that species change over time, give rise to new species, and share a common ancestor. And then using that, and well, I guess Rain kind of uses that concept when she keeps talking about throwing all those poisonous, well, just the poisonous uh, insects into a container, and the, the strongest one survives every time she was talking about Wong. thought yeah. that was a fun concept right there. The urn, all the... You keep putting poisonous insects into an urn and the strongest, most deadly insect will survive. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if you guys noticed the Tokyo Ghoul reference when it came to that just because it was a centipede. And then the Kaneki reference in the Tokyo Ghoul where his eye is red, where Kaname's eye is also red. I thought that was a good little shout out to Tokyo Ghoul because Tokyo Ghoul is definitely one of my newer, favorite newer animes. Oh yeah, that was definitely a good series. I enjoyed all three seasons of that. Though they were a little bit confusing here and there, but definitely did enjoy that one. But back to Darwin's game. I have a quick little theory to throw into this. Um, much like Dead Man Wonderland, about uh, the Mockingbird stealing abilities and stuff like that. I have a sneaking suspicion. I don't know if it was blatantly said, but I think that whoever the ultimate winner of Darwin's game is like essentially going to be like the sacrifice for the game master to like take his ability or something like along those lines or just 
somehow to find the number one and then use him to his own benefit. But oh, so you're you're talking about a theory of the whole game, like what this is all about, right? Uh, I, like honestly, I, I was kind of lost in the action. I can't even. I haven't even figured it out. I haven't even <laughs> tried to piece it together. Yeah, uh, dude, the pacing of this show is amazing. Yeah, just. There is no time to stop and think. There's so much is going on. Yep. Uh, so my question is when, I don't remember, when he talks to the Game Master, does he talk about how to end the game? He does talk mm-hmm. about how to yeah. end the game, right? There's two ways. Yeah, the anime says that there's two ways. You can, I want to say you can kill him. Right, so. there it is. Two ways to quit. Complete the game and everyone lives, which we don't know how they can complete the game. And the second way is to assassinate the Game Master. Yeah. Okay, that'll be... Which is obviously his goal right now is to kill the Game Master, him and Shuko. And now it's all of Sunset Ravens, which I thought that was kind of cool what Konami did, where he put a, essentially a cease and desist on the game mm-hmm. for everybody in the area after they took over. Yeah, the very end of season 11, or season, episode 11. Yep. You know, there was an interesting part um, when Rain was coming out of that, like, let's just call it a Hummer, whatever the fuck it was, a big-ass truck. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a, a small little snippet where, like, she even asked, like, where did this name come from? Uh-huh. They never discussed the name. Like, it was just they never, said, right? Yeah, they never do that up front. But I have a quote right here that I wrote down that took word for word from episode 11 near the end. Um, this quote says, from Kon- Koname, Ravens are tough, aggressive birds, clever to the point of being sneaky. They hold grudges for life, but they are also compassionate and... I think that really refers to the fact that everybody in the Sunset Ravens trust each other. Uh, they all have an aggression towards the Game Master and really anyone that just wants to screw with them. And they're going to put a stop. They Their goal is to put a stop to Darwin's game. And that's why at the end of the series that they're killing every other clan all, yeah. you know, all but one to spread the message. Like, no one's playing this game anymore. But you know what I mean? Like, they didn't take a little cutscene or a part where they discuss the game and they this is gonna be our clan for this reason it was just kind of like random yeah you know I mean? it, yeah but in the moment yeah they just threw but it out there in that scene that i was talking about with rain shooting up you know the top of the hummer um so she like i said she asked like where did this name come from you know why did we pick this uh-huh. and then um who's in there shura shuka shuka and the one dude. Your boy, Ryuki. Ryuki. So, and, and then the boy girl with the ice water. So that's... Sui and Sota. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so when she yeah. asked that question, I don't know if you guys caught on, but they all answer. And they all answer separate things. Mm-hmm. And Ryuki actually Jeez. said... Ryuji actually says something like what you just said about the Raven being whatever. I can't remember the name. Boy, girl, ice water. Sui slash Sota. Okay. Yeah, there's two, right? There, there are two people, but just one same body. body. Yep. Yeah. And then you can kind of hear him in the background, like talking about like something about family, but you can't really hear what Shuka has to say. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if you guys picked up on their dialogue on when she asked and what, uh, why they picked that name. Uh, there's a lot going on. I know they were preparing to swarm the the eighth warehouse at that point. No, they were, yeah, that they was were... when they were fighting Zulon. Yeah. Oh crap! Yeah. So they were right. The, they were in the Hokey driving, and Rain was. At the top, trying mm-hmm. to shoot the tires, and she's uh-huh. like, "Where'd this? Where'd this name even come from?" Yeah, it was kind of was funny. Yeah, sorry, I'm thinking about when uh, they're driving their Humvee, and then they come across uh, one of the eighth, the dude with the uh, the energy punches, uh, Shigu. She, I think his name Shigu, but he's got those energy punches, and then you tell him to quickly stop before his 
he can actually take down he can take down a tank he can take down my little car yeah so i was in the wrong moment <laughs> sorry that's all good and it's i think it's just something kaname came up with because he is obviously without a doubt the leader of sunset ravens oh yeah well, yeah and so kind of whatever he says or does, it's kind of like, oh, well, I guess that's good to go. This is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's the one that brought everyone together. Yeah. You know, he beat the number one Shuka. Rain, he kind of randomly came in contact with at the hotel. They worked together. Uh, Ryuji, because he was nice enough to let him live. And they had a common enemy against uh, Wong. Wong. Uh, Sui and Shoda. Soda. They wanted to just straight up... Or at least Shota, Shota wanted to kill Shuka, but then as soon as everything was resolved, Kaname had no problems letting that one go and let him join the team. Like, so what was your guys' initial thought on letting the the water and ice duel join the team? Definitely beneficial. Great, great single. Oh, amazing single. But yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah. I think the emotion was kind of overlooked. Yeah. At that at that moment. Yeah. That time. So they. Do go into it in the manga. If that's something you guys want want me to bring up now, I can. Or we can save that for later. But it is something they... It's a just a short kind of one-page snippet. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, go for it. So it's basically um, because Sui stops, essentially, herself from killing mm-hmm. Ryuji. And says that doesn't want to kill anybody and all this. Basically, Shuka is like, alright, I forgive you. Because she she apologizes to Shuka and was like, all right, I, I guess I forgive you. You're kind of like the the little son slash daughter to the to well, myself. They're definitely both to myself and uh, Kaname. Because if it wasn't for that, for Sui trying to kill Shuka, Ooh. then Shuka and Kaname would have never kissed. And so I, she was like, you brought us together. So oh, it's like, I yeah, think the same anime. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I mean, they did, there was the apology, and then uh, Shuka had no problems with it either because she got that that kiss that she was striving for but so that that, that was all it was basically just like well you brought us together so it's okay i, I guess we'll we'll forgive you this time <laughs> yeah it seems kind of extreme and then the, her her slash his is very useful so it's kind of one of those things where you're just kind of like eh, well i guess it'll be okay we, we can make use out of you who's who's your favorite who has your favorite single was that if that's just your favorite character, then maybe that's just what it is. But who who is your favorite? Just single, Ricky. Mm, I, I don't know. That's kind of hard. I like Kaname, but he only got like simple weapons that you can tell whatever they were talking about. What about the concept of his single? I, oh, I love the concept of it. But, you know, I, like I wish he can get or do more. Because he says only it's got to be like simple stuff. It can't be too complicated to get to make a weapon. True. I think they... The way I took that was that he can't just think about it in his head and then manifest it. Like, he does explain multiple times that he's got to, like, touch it, and then he can use it. He, he can't make smartphones and things like that. So that's all. That's like, like technology. Yeah, so something that's super super complicated, essentially. Well, I'm just thinking about it. Even though I hate this dude, I like Wong. <laughs> Wong's uh, single. Teleport and slash deal? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty freaking sweet. Lance? Um... I'm I'm kind of there with you. Wong would probably be my second favorite because honestly, if I was outside of this anime, if I was to choose just a superpower in general, teleportation is my number one favorite superpower. But I, in this anime, I think uh, I think his name's Kaichi, the the flame demon. 
Okay. It's just his overpower flame ability. It's just flame just, demon. Where when are we talking about demons? They they call think, him a flame. They do they? Yeah, yeah like twice they call him the flame demon. Yeah. Oh, is that is that like Wong's number like two and three guys? Well, it was his number. It was his number one backup guy. Okay. Well, I think it was, I think it was his number three because the guy the person that Kaichi. Kaichi, that's the punch guy. Yeah, the punch guy is his never. Oh, sorry, shoot. sorry, not okay, not Kaichi. Yeah, Kaichi is the punch guy. I see the eye patch on him right now. Sorry, I meant Shigu. Shigu, okay. Shigu is the fire demon guy. Yeah, not not an actual demon, but they yeah, call, yeah, they yeah. Just, he was the. There's <clears throat> they've showed and explained in the anime that there's multiple fire users in Darwin's game, but this guy he just and like golf himself, yeah, and just turns into the fire and just overpowers everything. Um, but then if I was to pick him, well, before I give my number two, Matt, who's your favorite? Um, or what would your favorite Sigil be? I think it would probably be Shuka's Sigil. I definitely like Kaname's, but the thing about Kaname is that it's his instincts and everything else that makes his Sigil so useful. So, um, just Shuka's Sigil is insane. Being able to control essentially anything with strings. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy to think about. And then your Spider-Man reference, just kind of being able to go around. Swing around. Just be agile and fast. and I just think that's so much fun. Yeah. And you were saying you had a second favorite? Like a close Oh, close yeah. Second? Just the florist, man. He's so powerful. Just the power of plants. Is just I don't know what it is. It, he just seems so awesome to me. I get that. He yeah. can use his plants as defense, defense and offense. I think he really... Show it some true colors. Um, before we go any further, speaking of the florist, did he officially die? Yeah. In like episode like seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there, when uh, that chick from the Donjo Club was healing everybody or a couple of people, like fully healing because her signal allows people to fully heal. I don't know if I got confused with uh, Ryuji or if it was the florist, but at first glance, I thought it was the florist. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably Ryuji because uh, the florist's daughter got that check. And I don't know. Ryuji lost his hand, so that's why he was there. Right, yeah. and then that chick regrew it for him or whatever. But when I first watched it, I, I thought, it was, I, I don't know, maybe because I didn't recognize Ryuji that quick, because Floris was cool to me. And I just thought maybe the Floris just got all healed up and then gave his daughter the money, and now he's going to go disappear into the shadows. But yeah, they, yeah they, he's probably dead. They talk about it right before the building collapses, because mm-hmm. the ace guys are like, Stop making everything explode, and he just said, "There's no use. He's dead." And you just kind of see his eyes all glossed oh, over. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, he was already dead, mm-hmm. but his body didn't start disappearing. So I think that was kind of a quick flaw in the narration there. But or it could have been the fact that his sigil was still around, so he doesn't disappear right away. I mean, his sigil did keep his heart beating. Yep. So he wasn't officially dead, but maybe he was just unconscious at that point. You know, speaking of people that we think might be dead, um, that one guy, the flame, the flame, man, mm. the flame demon. Yep, I'm glad you brought this up because that was one of my questions I wanted to ask you guys. Was uh, I don't because they, they didn't clarify that he was dead, but I did not uh, write down. I rewatched episode uh, ten and eleven, and in episode ten, kind of in the beginning, uh, Rain is in that uh, restaurant with that other chick. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about Clan 8 and who's alive, who's there, what do they have. And Rain has this little monologue to herself where they tell us audience, us watchers, that for through her words that the Flame Demon is dead. So I don't know if that wants, if that's an actual clarification or if that's going to be something that 
the writer wants us to get our mind off of so they can surprise us with later in later well, seasons. I can't remember what episode, but they do kind of reference. Uh, they were talking about like scouting them out, and they were asking them. I forgot who was asking who, but I remember the reference saying, "Oh, were two other people with Wong?" Like trying to figure out if his two guys were were with him, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm guessing they haven't you know verified that he's dead, but I don't think he's dead. The flame guy. I, I would imagine he's still alive because that, that's just going to be a good plot twist. In, that is, uh, he's powerful, two. bro. Oh, he's well, so powerful. Well, I can I can ruin that for you. Oh, well, let's we'll save that for. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's not it's not a manga thing. It's just a so his Kaname is privileged that he got. They talked about High Roller, right? Uh huh. Where essentially he goes all in, and when you do a clan war, mm-hmm. so because they did a clan war with the Eighth and his partner or his. Uh, that well, that's at the end, though. Yeah. So he's... Are you talking about just before? Okay, okay. So I guess that totally uh, dismisses what I was saying about Season 2 and possibly being there because all of Clan 8... Yeah, all is, of Clan 8's gone. Okay. Actually, before, before we go forward with that, can you clarify his privilege? I was, that was one of my questions. Like, what is his privilege that he has for? The so, all-in privilege? So it's called all-in. Essentially, he can bet exactly like in poker where you can bet all of your chips, say you have 10,000 chips, but the other clan you're going against, in this case, uh, the ace only had 8,800 chips. So because he had 10,000 chips, that 8,800 is less. So they would, even if Sunset Ravens would have lost, they would have had extra chips. Because the ace only had 8,800 chips. So because clan 8 lost and they had lower amount, to, they couldn't match. Their yeah. lives were put on the line instead. Well, in the game, if you lose all of your points, you die. So that's because that clan, the entire clan lost all of their points because the clan's points are everybody total in, okay. yeah, everybody in the game or in that clan's points total. Well, so, so, so what you're saying is they lost, they lost all their points. So everybody should be dead at this point. Everybody is dead. Yeah. Unless, this is what I'm thinking now. Unless that flame dude somehow, during the time he he was hiding that he's not dead or whatever, you know, got away from the clan. You know what I mean? Like, did, they did some bullshit, like, with... Yeah, they have to pull some anime bullshit. Yeah, with, like, uh, him. we were talking about weeks ago about the Demon Slayer, you know, you didn't cut his head off. <laughs> type, type of right, right. loophole bullshit. Some, yeah, some And I can see that happening. I can see the flame guy, like, not, not really disowning the clan, but, like, kind of getting out away from it just so he doesn't die, whatever. But. I, I'm going to say no, only because he worked too hard to level up within the, or move up within the clan to just, because Rain talks about how he'd only been there for a couple months, but he is already one of the highest members. Like, he, mm-hmm. he spent too much time in the gang to just be like, eh, sorry guys, I'm out. I guess I can't see that happening. Well, I didn't mean it like that, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, trying to pull, pull some clever shit, but I got, you would know, Matt. I don't read manga, so... <laughs> um, I don't know if you have anything more to add to this new privilege, but I don't know if anybody really paid attention. Prior to him wishing for that privilege, he was also given another privilege called Fire God of Iron. So that's not actually his privilege? That's his sigil. That is what his sigil is called. Oh, that's what it's called? Okay, yeah. so his sigil got called... Or, Got an official name. Yeah, so the, the game master told him what his sickle was called. Uh, okay, I thought that was just... Because he won, he got a sickle, and he would get a wish. But I think, okay, so apparently he just 
So what yes, did you call it? I missed it. Sorry. They called it uh, Fire God of Iron. Fire God of Iron. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to truly bring this out was because uh, every time Kaname goes unconscious, like he starts seeing like potentially dead people that he knows. And then more specifically when he's fighting the florist and he gets those like, I don't necessarily want to call them armor piercing bullets, but that's basically what they are. Who exactly does he see there, by the way? I think that's him. You think that's him in the future? Well, not really. That's, in the that's, f- that was my first thought was a future him talking to himself. Not really a future him. Like, the way I kind of thought of it in my head is, like, not really a universe either. It's just, like, a different entity, like, that makes him the weapons that he's calling mm-hmm. for type of thing. I don't know. I don't know how to describe oh, it, like but it is him. Kind of like Bleach where he's talking to his, his own his weapon. Inner self or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I don't but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's him. Um, but no, just to go back for the single, I got that his single name is Flame God's Hammer. Do they announce it in the anime? Like, do they tell him? So, so what do you guys... I, I, I think I wrote down what the English version of the anime was saying uh, in episode 8. Fire God of Iron. In the manga, they call it foes. They call it foes. Oh, okay. Well, so. anyways, yeah. Going <laughs> back to that, I think that, I'm pretty sure that's him. Matt, you want to clarify a couple things or no? Uh, I took it as like his ancestor. Like oh, he was, he was like an ancestral person talking about just being a forging stuff. But it could have been him. Like I also like when I first saw it I thought it was him. And then when I watched it a couple more times I'm like, I wonder if that's just like a previous ancestor that's talking to him and saying being there that makes sense. Right. Like you could just go to some Japanese culture where they believe in all that ancestral stuff helps you know, future generations and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's not too far-fetched to go with that idea. Yeah, that was that was a good little kind of look into Kaname's sigil, just because it's like, hey, you know every detail about whatever you're making, so why can't you change it? Why can't you... Why do you have to make it exactly as whatever you touched it? Do, do this and do this. You know everything about this. Right, because they explained that what, what was the deal? That like, he made his... His ammo shorter or his bullet shorter so they would do more damage. So he increased the powder within the cartridge of the ammo. So ammo has a certain amount of grains you can put into uh-huh. it. And if you put too much, you're going to cause added wear on the barrels. Mm-hmm. And if you put too little, it's essentially going to become ineffective. Ooh, what if he were to... I know we didn't talk about this back in our Fire Force conversation with uh, the dude that can control firepower and he was exploding his rifle as if it was some super shotgun. Yeah. But what if Kaname ends up doing something similar? Like That's kind of what he did. That's kind of what he did when with, he with kind of... Gun? Yeah, when he found out. Because he knew he was going to burn the, the barrel off uh-huh. of it. And he just made another one and did the same shit. Right, in Fire Force. Yeah. Which was fucking awesome. I'm sorry. No, no, in Darwin's game. He replaced barrels? Well, I think he, he knew he was going to burn out the barrel. Like, he knew what he was doing. And he kind of explained the same situation that the lieutenant from Fire Force was doing. Yeah, it was the same concept, except for instead of being a one-shot thing, I, I think they talk about how it's like 30%. The, the lifespan of the rifle is 30% less oh, okay, yeah, yeah. by using these rounds. Okay. But obviously, you didn't need... It's a blast as long because he was only trying to kill one person. Right. Well, then I wonder if in the future, like, he can essentially turn his handgun into, like, an RPG or something at that point. Like, could he, could he essentially I make think, one bullet that powerful? I think in theory, I think it really just depends on who he has to fight. Mm-hmm. Because if he has to fight only a one-on-one kind of person, then it might be useful. It really just depends on who he's fighting. I think it'd be a fun concept to play with, taking that to the extreme. All I'll say, as far as in future things, is they definitely go 
super far in his, into his uh, sigil, into the manga, like, beyond, because I'm caught up right all, now. You're all caught up? So okay, it's, well, if it's one thing that I hope Kaname does is walks into a gun store, picks up one of everything, and just fucking copies it from there, because... Well, he, he does do that because uh, Ryuji... Yeah, takes him to one of his guys. Yeah. And it's, but he only shows up with... The scorpion machine, like the scorpion uh, the machine gun, the katana, the mini katana, and what I think he threw a shuken or something like. It was but some like, uh, grenades. Yeah, just some small stuff. But like, maybe he needs to start talking to some black arm dealers and just go touch an RPG or get your contact info, Lance. <laughs> get that card out. Go, just go extreme. Just touch a little bit of everything, and then all of a sudden, Konami is going to be number one. I don't even I mean, think he needs all that. Like, that's the that's the point of like, um, what was her name? The number one ranked player, Zulong. Zulong. I like her a lot, by the way. But the way she explains, like, his ability or, like, his demeanor when he, like, charges into battle, but he has that mindset of war mm-hmm. where he's so calm and he knows what the fuck he's doing. Yep. And another, actually, I forgot to bring this up. One of my other favorite scenes is, uh, I'm going to butcher his name again, Ryugi? Right. Ryuji? Ryuji? Yeah. Uh, when he was, uh, he was about to get killed by Wong, and he has, obviously, has that, the lie detector sigil, but he just saw... Kaname lying through his teeth, but he was just so calm about it, man. That was that was uh, that was the shit. I like that. I think yeah, because uh, going into the whole ring arc, uh, we find that Ryuji has his liar or his truth or lie deal. And like, uh, such a stupid thing to ever introduce. What's the point of this? This dude has a machine gun. He can't even form his own machine gun. He has to like buy his own ammo and all that fun stuff. So this guy appears to be useless, and we can see that when Kaname is fibbing and when Kaname is telling Wong that he's got the key to this uh, special box that's going to win the game. He's bluffing. bluffing. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. He's bluffing. And Ryuji can see the whole time that it's all set up just because Ryuji wasn't there to make this plan go into action. But because of his sigil, he can see what's going on and he can communicate through that. So I thought that was a very awesome writing on that. Oh, yeah. But then... Just like you said, just the writing, he like narrates what he's doing. Oh, oh he's lying through his teeth. Yeah, I love oh, that. Oh, he's boom, he's bullshit this, bullshit that. Was like, <laughs> Wong's never going to believe this. Yeah, yeah. So that was extremely great writing. I liked that a lot. It just shows how smart and kind of the intuition Kaname has when it comes to basically war. Yeah. He's always one step ahead of someone else. So let me ask you real quick, just be real. Do you believe there's some times where he just got lucky as shit, Kaname? Oh, for real. All right. Like I, I, I get he's the main character. They're not going to kill him off. I get that. But, you know, he got lucky as shit sometimes. There's no way he would have lived. No. Uh, well, we can... If we want to talk about all the times he got lucky, we can go back to episode one where Mr. 666 Panda gets run over by that car. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's point number one right there. Um, number, uh, number two that I can think of is when Rain stops him from going into the elevator. You know, that was just some luck right there. Like, he was just about to walk into his own death, but he got saved by someone else. That's luck. Mm-hmm. The fight with Shuka. fight with Shuka, pulling stuff out of his ass every time. Shouldn't work. He's got any other? I can't think of anything else. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's definitely more. I know there is. Oh, yeah. But, well, yeah, it's just pure fucking luck. I mean, you could kind of say the, the Zulon the, at the end where Zulon, like, because if she really wanted to, she could have just killed them all and called oh, it a day. Oh, yeah, and then her butler's the one that has to go and stop it all because 
she agreed to terms, and if they were to escape, then they went to the made it or whatever. See, but that that has me pondering. Like they agreed to the terms of not killing people. Mm-hmm. So if she would have killed people, would that have been like a disqualification? Is that part of like Darwin's game? So it was a it was an agreement between him and her mm-hmm. that because she kidnapped him to essentially make pregnator, <laughs> make, yeah. make product, make a, a give prodigy. me a child, yeah. And so in order for her to convince him to essentially try and like woo him that she wouldn't kill his team his team and so that was that was the only thing so she only agreed to it because if she would have had to kill her but if she knew he wouldn't have agreed to anything that she wanted to do right yeah they're not going to pull any reincarnation out of slime of slime no. reincarnated into a slime as a slime jesus you'll get it one day, <laughs> you'll get it his titles these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely judge uh, judge this by the name, like Darwin's game. Honestly, I wasn't really interested just by the name of it for some reason. I was like, it didn't sound too catchy. Like, no, like I can totally appreciate Charles Darwin as it is, but at the same time, like, uh, is this gonna be some kind of like whatever? And I, I, I always choose. It blew I, my expectations. Bro. Blew my expectations for sure, but I judge a book by its cover so often, and I'm always proved wrong at every angle, every time I yeah. do this. I'll just say you're welcome, guys. No, oh no, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure we've all established that I'm the rookie of like anime. I love anime, but uh-huh. I'm definitely the rookie. I'm not as advanced as you guys are. Yeah, I, a, I definitely appreciated this one. This one was fun. This was amazing. I I went from ex- expecting kind of a little to no expectations to this is definitely something i would suggest to literally everybody yeah and and i've recommended it to a lot of people and pretty much everybody's like i was not expecting that all right thanks yeah and then it's you when you look on like facebook and stuff everybody's like have you guys seen this and everybody's like it's so great, isn't it? Because there's only a handful of people that ever actually watch it. And right. Again, it was one of those where I was like, ah, it's not going to be that good. But then it was 11 episodes, so I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll just watch it, see how it is. And mm-hmm. after the first episode, I was like, all right, this this will be good. Oh, yeah. It's nice because it's, it's definitely modern. And it just reminded me of, like, when Pokemon Go came out. You know, everybody was on their phones, oh, yeah. all of that. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. It's cool. Um, actually, speaking of that, when they were in the event, do you remember that AR camera? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Where they can see the rings? Yeah. yeah, but they also, like, were looking around and, like, all the buildings were destroyed. Did you guys pick up on any significance with that? I didn't. I, I just don't know. Like, the AR camera only showed location of other rings. Yeah, but they would look around through the camera and, like, and the buildings were destroyed. Everything was obliterated, essentially. Oh, really? Like, everything was rubble. Oh, I guess I didn't pick up on that part. Oh. I was always just looking at the dots, I guess. Matt, anything? Any insight on that? As far as what the manga has <clears throat> talked about up to now, there's nothing. There's, and that's all I'll say as far as that's concerned. Okay. I kind of just thought like it was kind of like a future glimpse of what the buildings are going to turn up to. Like the hotel obviously got destroyed, destroyed mm-hmm. you know, pummeled. So I thought they kind of knew. Oh, they're gonna fight here, so eventually this building will look like this. But I it never oh, really that's came. A future insight. Yeah, it never really came back up. Uh, um, back to the the phone aspect of this. Back when uh, Kaname was saving Shuka when she was drowning. I'm on that right now. And, oh, that's fine. Um, and Shuka or not Shuka and Kaname shoots a hole and goes and saves her. And then Kaname, I don't know if you guys noticed, but like. Kaname makes a quick little comment about like, oh, I'm glad my phone's waterproof. Because the entire time, like, you're fucking swimming in water. How are you able to use your phone to detect where you can find locations? And he makes that stupid little comment to save his ass. Like, oh, okay. 
So now your phone's waterproof. You're okay. I don't Bro, know if you guys caught that. Aren't all phones waterproof nowadays? Nowadays. <laughs> oh, like submergible waterproof? Oh, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can, yeah, definitely. You you get like two meters, which is about six feet. Oh, I'm not so, testing that. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't like just let it sit there for a long time. But it's, I we'll, think... we'll post a video of Lance trying it out at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can use a new phone. I hate my phone. I got a brand new phone. I, I was going to say, it. you just got a new phone, though. I hate it. Should have just got my phone. It's great. Probably should have. All right, well, we'll definitely see a video of Lance trying it later. <laughs> all right, but in all seriousness, um, what about these privileges? Like, do you have anything to add to that? Um, I'm really don't know what the hell's going on with that shit. I can say something. So there, there were four privileges that we know about, at least up to this point, that were given. The first three, they don't really talk about how they were given, but just that they were given. The first one, or one of them that we know about is to the Donjo Boxing Club, where basically you can fight for points, but you don't actually have to kill each other for it. So kind of like a, a match. And so that's one of them. And another one is a part of Trinity. So in the beginning of the game, you see that kind of gambling hall. Yeah. You see that woman. Her name's Themis. I want to say it's Themis. And so she is a, she is the executive of Trinity. And essentially she has the privilege of knowing she's kind of like the house, if you think of it like gambling. So she knows all the rules. She knows everything that's going on. And kind of has an insider view of everything, especially when it comes to games, which you'll, you see at the end of season one, episode 11, where Kaname gets sent to this mysterious game. That's another game. Mm-hmm. And then... Before you go too much further with Themis, was she the one that she was the only one who placed a bet on Kaname for winning? No, that's not. That was Zulon. Yeah. Was oh, Zulon was okay. Sorry, I missed that. That's the one. I knew it was some chick. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe her, but she does. She doesn't look like she should be. She, like she should be part of the game because everybody's all dressed, all fancy and stuff. And she's in like ready for battle or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's kind of the. Um, she talks to people where she's like, "Oh, are you having a good time?" She's that person. Okay. That's who Themis is, and then the last one is Hidaki. Uh, Kanahira, he's the person that's in charge of the Kanahira insurance company. So he's the one that essentially is the bodyguard to people who get sucked into the game or don't want to play the game. They have to pay this insurance company to make sure that they don't die. These individuals don't die. And one thing that's really important in the manga that I'll just kind of throw in there is that they are plotting. So Themis and Hadaki are plotting against Kaname. Because obviously, if Sunset Ravens isn't allowing anybody to fight, mm-hmm. well, that means there's no gambling going on, and the insurance company is useless because nobody has to worry about dying. Right. So that's a nice little... That'll be a something to think about when it comes to Season 2 because Themis' ability is to basically know what's going on as far as the games are concerned. And she has a privilege. Well, part of her privilege is that she can bring one person into any game. So the like the, the ring game that everybody was a, that was brought into, she her ability would be able to bring one person so that like if she wanted to bring Wong in, if he went, hadn't actually been on the list of people to get brought into the game, she could make it so that he has the ability to do that. So this bitch gets a plus one. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> and 
nobody else does as far as that's concerned. So that's uh, that's one thing in the manga that you don't that you don't see in the anime mm-hmm. is that they're plotting and that game that you see at the very end is called the hunting game and her because of her privilege she knows who all is going to be in the hunting game mm-hmm. and her privilege was to bring Hidaki into the game she her plus one was Hidaki okay so we have these privileges I'm still a little confused on spots one two three and four that they made a couple of references to at the end of the anime they said uh, quite clearly that um, Zulan was spot number one, mm-hmm. and Danjo was spot number four. Yep. Um, are we to uh, suspect that we already know spots two and three? Like, are these going to be some super special people that we already... Are, is it going to be Shuka and Kaname spots two and three? Is it going to be someone we have yet to find? Was that... I don't think... As of season one, do we know this I don't... Well, I would say no, and I don't think Kaname and Shuka are up there yet. I, I think... The two other spots are a secret uh-huh. for a reason. But yeah, I don't think, even though they're powerful, I don't think they're up there. Yeah, they're so highly ranked. They were and saying, they just, well, Kaname just kind of started the game not right. too long ago. But they were saying, throughout the anime, they were saying Shuku was in the number one spot for, you know, just in general. And she was also, was she the number one during the ring game too? I think she was just marking everybody too. But then you find out that they have these special people, Zulan and Danjo. I'm just wondering what exactly does this spot one, two, and three and four necessarily mean? Might you have any anime insight into this? Actually, go back to that a little bit. Now that you brought that up, was Danjo in the event? He wasn't in the he event. He was not in the event though. Danjo was not. The only person that I that we can confirm from Danjo Boxing Club that was in the event was Inukai. Inukai. The yes. speedster? Yeah. I kind of want to challenge you on that, because I'm pretty sure there's an episode where where there's a scene where they like, the Danjo club, or the gang, all they wanted to do is collect enough rings, and that's it. And they had enough rings for everybody in their club, and they were done. Ooh. Yeah, one person did say this is enough rings for everybody in the Danjo boxing club. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay, so well, maybe. maybe. It definitely lost, just wasn't that over. one kid. It, it, it was more of them. But maybe not Donjo himself. It might have just been a bunch of people from the boxing club. Right. I think Donjo himself was excluded from the event. Okay. Which he's probably too important, at least right now. Too just important slash powerful, maybe. So just dominated. In. Yeah, it was probably one of those things where they wanted to kind of put Wong against Kaname and see where see where that went. Right, Mister. Number one important main character Wong. Yeah, so that dude was sadistic, man. Mm-hmm. Snake Boy? Yeah. Which that's a, that was a nice little added thing they did to it, because it was Obito? Was that, was that who was kind of that guy that was talking to oh, at the, the end, Game Master? One at, near the end of episode 11, where this dude murdered, like, a whole church? Yeah. Obero. Obero. Obero, yeah. I, like, that's kind of why I bring up what's spot one, two, three, and four, because they show this Obero dude, and Game Master tells him, leave uh, Kaname alone, because I want to see what happens. I'm pretty much expecting this Obero dude to be spot two or three. Uh, so in the anime, they don't they don't really talk about spots. They definitely go into a, a lot. They do more say spot the, one and four though. Yes. Who who's spot four? Is that Donjo? Spot four is Donjo. Yeah. Okay. And then that, other than that, they don't really go like they don't break it down too far. Right. So that's that's why my suspicion is Obero is one of the other two slash three. That, yeah, that'd be a good thing because it's kind of like, all right, so who's this guy? Obviously, he's super strong. Yep. How strong is he? Kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I can 100% see that because that's what I thought initially was like, all right, this guy just fucked everything up. What is going on? Who is this guy? Yeah, he's playful about it. And now he's curious about Kaname. And now Master tells him to leave him alone. And he's like, oh, why? It's like he just took my mouse away from me. Now I can't have anything to play with. Yeah. And in the manga, they definitely go more into it. And then once we, we get to the manga minute, we'll definitely see that there's quite a bit that the anime left out as far as compared to the manga. Yeah, well, one more thing before we jump into manga minute. I would like to talk about this whole block teleporting deal. Yep. Uh, the concept itself is pretty freaking sweet. What do you guys think? I like it. It's It kind of reminded me, uh, and I hate to say this, but I've been watching my kids play Minecraft. Uh-huh. <laughs> it yeah, just yeah. reminded me of that. <laughs> But it's it's cool, man. I, like when it highlights their like their whole body in separate different blocks. Yeah, it's kind of a cool little little added detail. I like how piece by piece disappears. Like it's uh, some kind of like data information just gets transported. But that's only if you die. Only yeah. if you, no, no. I think the teleporting. Oh no, no, no. no that was teleporting instant. was instant. Yeah, yeah, right. Speaking of death, where did the bodies go? They just disappear. Where? Let's get space. all space. Let's get all into space. <laughs> 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 a bunch of body parts flying throughout space and time. Yeah, I wonder if there's a they go to the cloud, explanation. Bro. They go to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> think, think about it. We can make another Fire Force reference where they talk about how it, it moves so fast that it just starts breaking down the parts and, and you become atoms. So that could be You're everywhere. Of, yeah, it's everywhere. Spread apart everywhere. Just thin as air molecules. I don't know. I'm kind of curious about that, though. Because uh, obviously you leave those imprints into the ground. People thought it was just graffiti art, art whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm kind of curious. It was indents. It wasn't just like topical stuff. It was actual indentations, which I was... But I, I thought that they never really addressed that. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't think it's really too big of a thing, but I thought it was cool. Kind of, oh, I guess it's the blocks teleporting them away from everything. And that's where the indentations come from. Yeah, they don't They don't never talk about where they go. But like, like Ricky said, they just went to the cloud. <laughs> yeah, might as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's anime. So. All right. You guys got anything else? Mm, I think I'm pretty good. You want to hit Matt's manga? I said Matt's manga minute. All right. Nani? <laughs> So everybody knows, I took six pages of notes. Like there, there is quite a bit of, I wouldn't say changes, but there's a lot of things that were left out as far as the anime is concerned. And it's interesting if and how they're going to introduce these segments. So one of the biggest thing that they left out was the police. So you see the police at the beginning when he talks to, when the detective tries and talks to Kaname. And then that's the last time you see the police, right? No. Or... Wait, the detective tried... When was that? So that was in like... As far as police go in the very beginning, Kaname says that Bear Man's chasing me. Yep. He's, he gets cut off. And then he's on the phone calling for an ambulance for his friend that got stabbed by Bear Man. And then his friend's already disappeared. So I think those are the only two references. And, as and then you the see the police go. that Wong kills yeah. at the end of the season. What? At the warehouse. Yeah. Well, I thought that was a detective that he talks to as well. No. Okay. No, there was no detective. No, not no that's why, yeah, no, that's why I was kind of curious. Like, what the hell is... So, in the in the manga, after that whole incident, like, immediately, at, well, I wouldn't say immediately after the incident, but, like, we'll say the next day, he, there, there's this detective, or at least these two detectives that go to Kaname's house and stop him. So when, it was when Kaname does the gotcha game, and he gets the gun. Uh-huh. So, like, immediately after the gun comes, 
But it's kind of funny in the in the manga, the detectives knock on the door. Well, in Japan, you can't have guns, right? So it makes it it's like, oh shit. Oh, which would explain why the, in the anime he has a little cutscene that he was afraid to get stopped by the police on his way to meet Shuka, and he left his gun behind. Yep. Well, so the the detectives are go to Kaname's house because Kaname left his bag. And so they know where he lives, and they go and talk to him, basically like, hey, this incident with the panda and the cop dying, what what can you tell us about it? And he's like, uh, uh, I don't really know too much. Essentially, essentially what happened. And the police are much more into it. Another part that you see, the next time you really meet the detectives is the, the Trinity event. There's the superintendent that Seamus talks to and she's like hey keep an eye on this guy because he is obviously police and one thing that you don't figure that they don't talk about is that anytime a police officer gets brought into the game and assassin essentially kills kills so anytime there's a police officer in the game they just kill the police (laughs) so because they it's a, a secret club essentially so they don't want the police to know about it and there's the he's a superintendent as they call him and he's a part he's doing an investigation into D game and you find out that he has a signal as well and his signal is kind of cool you he can essentially kind of like the um the flash from men in black where oh erase your memories it erases your memory and whatever you tell him is kind of what they believe well he has essentially the same thing where he can erase people's memory and be like this is what's really going on. And so that's the detective. And the only reason why he comes into play is because the initial detective that talks to Kaname writes this report and talks about all the mysterious deaths and all these other things. And the superintendent talks to him, or yeah, excuse, sends him an email and is like, hey, if you want to know about this, know about, really know about what's going on, come speak to me and we can talk about it. And so they create a, an investigation department between just them, essentially, where they're investigating D-Game because the detective also becomes a part of D-Game and Kaname actually saves him during the ring game, the jewel game. Uh-huh. And his he gets, so he gets sucked into D-Game and then right after he gets sucked into D-Game, he gets brought into the jewel game and he's the first person that finds the diamond because he goes to the police station right away and he's like, where is everybody? Why is nobody at the police station? Well, in the, when they... They talk about it in the anime where everybody just kind of walks away. So what happens in the manga is they go a little bit more into it. Essentially, every single person that doesn't play D game gets a phone call at the exact same time. And they just kind of all... No, they show that in the anime. Okay. There's like a weird buzzing noise or something like that. And everyone's like, oh, I gotta go home. Yeah, me too. I gotta go home. And then everyone just zombies their way out of the city. Yep, so that, that happens, and so the detective goes to the, the police station, and actually they find out that you can still talk with analog radios. Ooh, so that's, good twist. That's a, that's a big one. And something you find out later is that all of the cameras get wiped, so any digital cameras get wiped of anything that happens, but if you save it on a VHS, it doesn't get wiped. Bro, who has a VHS? <laughs> exactly. Nobody has VHS anymore. And so because in the anime, they explain that two months have gone by and the hotel is in shambles. It's in flames, broken down, and no answers can be 
no answers can be found. But now we have this VHS deal, Mr. 1990s, coming into play. <laughs> uh, so what happens is that they are interviewing somebody from the 8th during the time that Sunset Ravens and the 8th are having their clan battle. Uh-huh. And they recorded on three separate devices. Two of them are analog and one is... Or two of them are digital and one is analog. And then they show the Prime Minister this... Guy just disappearing. And Let me just back up real quick. If you guys have VHS, send us a picture. You guys are the true MVPs. <laughs> There's some shit like this wherever it happened. I'm coming to your house so we can do this shit. Everyone's 25 and I was like, all right, you're losing me. <laughs> so that's that's a big one. That it's just the cops are playing a a bigger role in the in the game. So another time that you see the cops is right before the clan battle between Sunset Ravens and the 8th is the detective and the superintendent go and talk to Kaname and they're like, hey, don't do this. We'll we'll get him. And Kaname's like, you know the fuck you won't. They're all gonna die. And at this point, the cops have essentially gone rogue in the terms of they're no longer... They're okay with casualties as long as they can bring a stop to the game. I was gonna say, because in the anime, they were... They were ready for war. Yeah. And so the cops were definitely ready for war, but they they were not under the detective and the superintendent's orders. Okay. Um, yeah, that's definitely, that's like a, a huge main character, you know, comparing to the yeah, manga. Miss, yeah, the anime's missing a lot so, of stuff right here. Yeah. So he doesn't, this is going to be future reading, but he doesn't, he's not really a main character at this point. Like, he he's there. He will be... He's definitely involved, though. I'm not saying a main character, but he's definitely involved to, to whatever, you know, everything that you're saying. You know, if you were to put him in the anime, you, obviously you see a lot of screen time with him. But he wouldn't, he doesn't add or, up to this point, he doesn't add or reduce anything to the story. True. Yeah. He's just, he's yeah. there. If you're if you're a manga reader and you don't see this guy in the anime, you're going to be let down. Because there is so much information that you're missing out on. By the same time, Xing him from the anime makes, makes, no the, makes the pace super quick. Yeah. And I guess that's why they can get away with it. So, it's a give and take. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't add anything. At least to this point, it doesn't add a thing. That was cool information, that's for sure. In the manga later on, which is why I'm curious what they're going to do, it does play a more important role. So I'm wondering if they're just going to kind of like add them there and be like, all right, here, here I am, kind of, kind of thing. It's, it'll be interesting. And then one thing, again, it's something that's added to, but doesn't really take away, is Kaname never had a third friend. That third guy, the guy who initially brought Kaname into the D game, D game, was fingers chopped off, was Koda. Not this mysterious person that dies in the beginning. So you know how the that guy dies in the beginning, and yeah. he's, uh-huh. that, he's that third friend. He doesn't exist in the manga. Like he's just not a thing. Oh, so Koda, so in the manga, how does he get invited? Is it that same through Koda, which is the guy with the longer hair? So the guy that dies in the against the panda, yeah, against yeah. panda, the guy that looks like uh, Ryuji. Ryuji, um, he, yeah, he doesn't. So that is who brings him in. So Koda is not in the uh, parking garage. He's not there. So the guy with the crossbow. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, how he, does he die he, in the manga? He's he dies. Right away. So he's the one that's running from Panda to begin with. Oh, oh so, so they just switched character. So, so they just added another friend and yeah. they made Coda die in the parking garage later on. Okay. That wasn't a huge difference, but. Yeah, it, it's not really. It, it Like I said, it doesn't add anything. Doesn't take no, anything but it's, it's nice to see the comparisons of what they're doing in the manga and anime. That's what I'm trying to get at. 
Yep. Um, and then one thing that's super fucked up is, so the panda guy is actually the, he's a counselor. He's Coda's counselor. Oh, so he knew him. Yeah. Yeah. What Coda didn't know it, but what the the thing that the guy does, this counselor guy does, is he'll bring the people that he counsels into the game and then just track them. And that's the rookie hunter. Yeah. yeah. So he he's actually the counselor for the school that Kaname and Coda go to. Which is super fucked up. And the reason why he's doing that is because he's in debt because he likes to visit the red light district. He he likes having uh He's a hoe. <laughs> All right. He, he likes having a. Fun, I thought he was fun. just a mascot. I thought he was just a straight up baseball mascot, and that was that was his job. That was yeah. his job. That's what I assumed yeah. in the anime. Nope. He is. Uh, that that's just the. Well, it's to make it so that nobody knows who he is. Right. They Which is out, smart. They find out that, or Konami finds out that he is the counselor of Coda. Uh, yeah, because I was thinking the whole time, like, if I was in this game, I'd be running around in, like a Spider-Man suit. I'd be masking myself. I don't want. I wouldn't want anybody in the outside world knowing who I was in D game. Um, and then, so there's, yeah, that's, and so that's why he goes around and kills people is because people are worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he, so that's that's another thing that's super fucked up. One thing, the original fight between Kaname and Shuka, it's really it's great for anime where Shuka uses the. Uh, flash grenade to stun uh, Shuka again. That never happens. He just kind of jumps out from behind this... Uh, Who uses a flash? Kaname. Kaname uses another fa- flashbang on Shuka to oh. blind her again Ooh, and bring her down. Wait, in the anime, he uses a super uh, super bright flashlight. He doesn't oh, have that's... access to the flashbangs. Yeah, yeah, flashlight. yeah. It's, so he doesn't he doesn't do that in the, in the manga. He just surprises Shuka and then uses the stun gun. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the jewel game, there... So you know how many... Do you guys remember how many people were... 300. 300. 300. So they are... 100 max could survive. Yeah, because there were 300 rings uh-huh. distributed throughout the game. Yep, they needed to be a Sonic, by the way. I was just can't, you can't talk about rings and collecting rings. And I don't know, that was just what I that was my first impression when I heard <laughs> you gotta go and collect some rings. Gotta go fast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of do. You gotta hurry up and get all those rings. Oh, by the way, was this a, was it a 24 hour deal? Yeah. Whole? Okay, I was gonna say because. Kind of end up sleeping for like what three hours, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's a good way to pass some time. But damn, yeah, let's just sleep your way through a free for all. And then Sui talks to Sota. Suta. Shota. Shota. S- oh no, sorry, no, no H. Sota. Yeah. Sota. Uh, through text. Yep. So that's how they can communicate with each other. Yep. They show that in the anime. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where I didn't quite get it every time I watched it. So that's the only way he he can talk to her and she could talk to him. Do they explain why they're in the same body? Yeah. They explain it because Sui says that she got that one of her friends told her that she can have any wish she wants to come true if she joins D game. So Sui's wish was that Sota, her twin brother who died during birth or something along those lines, could come back to life. But flip twist some things around and now Sota and Sui share the same body. So it wasn't a so it was like right. Sharon yeah. wish. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a wish. So the wish came true, but it wasn't necessarily how she wanted it to come true. Yeah. So that's how Sui got introduced into D game. That was like episode three or four or something like that. Yeah. Was... What else you got, Matt? Um, they got the the information. So you know how they just kind of like we have the information for the diamond ring, and mm-hmm. they kind of just passed on. Yeah. 
So the information, so the diamond ring was actually at the police station. So the so it wasn't originally in the hotel. No, no, it was. They never showed how they got that diamond ring. Now that he brings that up, in the anime, it showed up in the hotel. No, no, it didn't. It showed up on the map. But they never like pursued it. They never went to go get it. They'll, just all of a sudden, they had the diamond ring. Yeah. They, well, well, they, they never they had get... the diamond ring. They had the information from the. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what matters. I say then because that how they get the QR code from the diamond ring if they never physically mm-hmm. can scan it. Yeah. Um. So the detective. So there's two waves. The first wave is all the other all the other rings, and then the second wave is those singular diamond ring. Well, it pops up at the police station, which the detective went to during uh-huh. the game, and he got it. So when they ran into the detective, he had the diamond ring, and they got the information from the detective. Okay. And then Kaname told the detective that if you want to live, chuck the ring. Yeah, you're you're public enemy number one. Yep, exactly. The speaking of winning that game, or well, not really speaking of winning that game but because Kaname won the game he was given three things the first thing was 10,000 points yep and that was split between him and his friends which at this point was only Shuku so oh because none of none of the other people were on his friends list or mm-hmm. friends at this Good point. point they teamed up together but they weren't necessarily a clan yep and he was given his special privilege which was uh, all in and then he was given the name of his sigil which we've already discussed and the so that's the the biggest thing there is the ten thousand points. I was, yeah, I was gonna say me and Ricky were discussing off off air was like, what the hell does points have to do with anything if uh, we don't really get anything to gauge off of ten thousand points? Is that is that amazing or is that nothing? So well, I think they do gauge off of it when he goes to the ATM to check his money. A little bit, yeah. Like, yeah, he he won that battle and Shuka surrendered and boom, how many he was points rich. did he get? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't emphasized anything. You, you receive 160 points for winning against an A-class member. Oh, okay, that's a huge difference. <laughs> We're talking hundreds to ten, literally $10,000. Yes. Okay, so that's a big difference. Uh, I want to say that's um, 1 billion yen, which is like $7.3 million. Okay. And Yeah, I'd want to dart one's game, too. <laughs> also, if you guys remember... The ace had 8,800 points. So that means just by winning this event... He surpassed them. Kaname got more than all of the ace. Mm-hmm. That's another way to, to talk about how much Kaname won, is that he won more than the 30 members of the ace had combined. Right. Um, and then one other thing is the, the florist's life insurance policy. We never really talk about that. You just know that his daughter, whose name is... Um, I'm trying to find it. Sorry. Um, Suzuki, S-U-Z-U-N-E, Suzuki. Oh yeah, she explained how she had a similar name to Rain. Yep, and so his life insurance policy for her, well, his life insurance policy that was given to her was for 300 million yen. Just kind of throw a, a number out there, because they do actually talk about it in the manga. Do you have a, a, conversion, a, a conversion of that by chance to American? I do not have it off the top of my head, if you guys want to look that up. A but it's a, it's a ridiculous amount. It, it is a, a lot of money. Something that another group of people that you don't meet in the anime that you do find out in the manga are two Americans, which one of them has a, a Japanese name, or at least a non-American name, which is Gishlin, and then Maria. Uh, they, they're working in a lab called the Age Lab. Does it stand for something, or is it just called the Age? It's just called the Age Lab. Uh, A-G-E? A-G-E, so just... Uh, they're they're researchers. 
Um, you... Is this potentially to say, like, Darwin's game is trying to look for, like, a way to live forever? Because that's my first assumption at this point. Really, up to this point, all you know is that they're two Americans, and that one of them, Maria, is going to Japan. It's really all you know up to this, up to what season one would be. Okay. And all we know at this point is that Darwin's game primarily, solely, takes place in Japan. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's all we know as viewers from the anime, at least. Yeah. Yep. But, actually, speaking of that, you do find out that Jojo is Russian. Him and his... But they, were in, Jap- they were in Japan. They, I think they call them Japanese or something like that. Yeah, but they are Russian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're Russian, but they're in Japan. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not saying they're not in Japan. I'm just saying they are Russian. You know, they're not yeah. just Japanese as everybody else. I think, speaking of different nationalities, I haven't picked up on any Americans in the anime, but we did pick up on Dojo and I think his wife or whatever, whoever she is, that they're Russian. Yep. Um, so that's uh, Anokai, the speedster. Yep, the speedster. From Donjo Club Boxing Club. It's kind of funny. So he is going to Kaname to see, kind of just kind of talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he notices that Kaname is getting kidnapped by Zulon. So the kidnap has two people in it, not just Kaname. It's Kaname and Anokai because she kidnaps him as well. Ah, okay. That's not in the anime at all. It, it is... Excuse me, it isn't, but, again, doesn't change anything. Because he's not part of the Ravens. Yep. And then something that's super fucked up is that they stole Shinodoka, which is his um, bigger friend. From the the guy that they keep calling Piggy, that Shinodoka. Oh, the one, the dude that got his fingers cut off in the anime. Yeah, yeah and then he got that telekinesis power. Yep, uh, they stole him from school. Actually. They didn't steal him from his house. From Kaname's house? Yeah, they stole him from the school. The manga does talk about how Shinodoka and Koda, his girlfriend, go to Kaname's house because they want to get information on uh, Kadoa. And so they show up at his house, and Kaname just happens to go there and is like, hey, if you can, disappear. And then, like, that next day is when... Shinodoka, Shinodoka gets kidnapped. So it's kind of a super fucked up thing because Kadame's house has already been trashed at this point. Yeah. Um, the reason why Kadame's a video is because the of Shinodoka's fingers getting chopped up is because the title of the video is called For Kadame. So they basically posted on what, what we would think of like YouTube. Uh-huh. And everybody's like, oh no, this isn't real. And obviously, Kaname is going to know that it's real because he knows what who Wong is and everything else. So it's it's titled for Kaname, which is super fucked up. Which is also kind of weird. Like, how would you expect Kaname to even come across that? Right. Like, unless he gets like quote unquote tagged, like you get notified. Uh, I, I like would ass- our our YouTube notifications aren't going to like tag an individual. I would assume. I just be- had imagine that because Rain is the informant. Uh-huh. That she's going to know anything and everything that deals with anybody that she knows. Because but she has limits. She can only get it as fast as she can get it. It, it is That's all not... over the internet. So yeah. the, at this point, the police know about it. True. And everything else. So it's one of those things where it's... Yeah. yeah. It's so at this point, we just, we just kind of have to accept that it's anime. And we just well, I kind of like that. Like, like Just like Matt said, it's just stuff that doesn't really matter. Right. Because uh, in the anime, they do just get like a little bit of time and they don't explain it like we were talking about before uh the black ravens they don't explain when they sunset. had the meeting you know stuff like that sunset ravens sunset ravens my bad <laughs> then uh, another thing that may or may not be important we'll just kind of see how it's 
it is important, but it's not important, is that since the ban, anybody who wants to play D-game can no longer be in uh, Shibuya. Yep, outside the city. They have to be outside the city. So they call that working from home. <laughs> and then another thing... It's COVID here. <laughs> that's kind of what I thought of. New Age COVID. Or old, <laughs> anime COVID right there. Yeah. It came out during COVID. 2020. Uh, tw- winter yeah, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Uh, and then, or the other way is through cultivating. So basically, kind of like what happened to Kaname, where he was just like, what's this? Clicks on the game, and then like instantly tries getting attacked. And Suzumi, uh, the forest's daughter, gets cultivated by her doctor, which is kind of super fucked up. So his daughter's part of D game only because Rain has an interact has another interaction with her, and she wants to know what happened to her dad. Mm-hmm. And she Rain basically said that there is, he was a part of a thing called D game and. That if you get too far, you're essentially going to die. Like, if you try reaching too far into what's going on, you're going to die. You're going to know too much. Yeah. I kind of had a suspicion she was going to be part of the, the anime oh, later definitely. on. Because she reaches out to her, like, if you wanted more information, here's my card. Right, in the anime, she says, yeah, come find me. And then, yep. like, they just lead you with them. Like, okay, well, she's going to want the money. She's going to want some information. She's going to be part of the game. And so... She does become a part of D-Game, and then uh, Ryuji and Sui go to the hospital that the florist's daughter is at after this whole battle starts between uh, Suzumi and her doctor, and essentially he, uh, excuse me, uh, Ryuji kills the doctor because she's like, oh, I feel so remorseful, and... Everybody knows he's got the bullshit detector, so he knows exactly what's going on. Because he was like, well, if you, I've got you pinned down. If you don't, if you say that you're not going to attack anybody anymore, I'll let you go. And she starts bullshitting, saying that she's, she feels remorseful. And so he kills her. So he kills the doctor. And Susanie's abilities is kind of cool. She turns into kind of like a fox wolf hybrid so she's got like uh these beast abilities so she can it's really cool i'm looking forward to seeing how they if this is all technically still season one it's all still season one what the hell yeah so this again this part it's important because seasony is she's going to be a character in in everything because of the florist basically sacrificed himself for kaname and everybody kaname feels a sort of kind of compassion for his daughter so that's why ryuji and sui are keeping an eye on the doctor because they they have a tip almost that there's something strange going on where there's this doctor that's just killing off people and everyday world bro yeah yeah really (laughs) seriously and so like how it all starts off is the doctor was like well i can give you this injection and it'll Make it all, like, you'll just essentially kill your, you'll die, and it'll be painless, or we can fight, and I'm essentially going to torture you to death. And that's what he, she tells uh, Season 8. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's kind of fucked up. Fucking medicine, man. Yeah, and so then they have this fight, and Season 8 technically dies, but then when she comes back to life, she turns into this, like, beast person, which her sickle looks really cool. You don't really know too much about it at this point, but she's got, like, she can jump stories high and do all these other things, so it's really, it, it's really cool. Did she turn all Naruto and get this 
you're talking about fox ability, like the fox shit, but uh, like a fox wolf kind of yeah. kind of ability. So it, it looks really cool. You got a tail and a bunch of other things. <laughs> and so she's at this point, we we don't know how important she's going to be, but it's it's one of those things where they might just kind of bring her along and call it a day. Like they might just kind of throw her in there as like she's always just been a character, like a D game player, and then she just came along with Sunset Ravens. So we're not really sure. One thing that they bring up while the fight with Susan and the doctor is that anytime there's a match that starts, people within a several hundred meter radius lose their consciousness. Anytime a, a match starts. It's a big radius. Just seven hundred? So or several hundred. Oh several. It, it doesn't but give still. Any, it doesn't give an exact distance, just several hundred meters. Still. That's you can do anything with that. Um, and then after that, you learn that uh, Ziming, which is Zulon's attendant, so he's the driver when it comes. He's the driver. He's the driver for the limo. Uh, he's helping Kaname with his training, so he's trying to essentially give Kaname like the assassin training that everybody that um, the family learns. So the the butler driver is also an assassin. Yes, which if you look up the characters, you see that he's got a sword, so you can tell, or he's got a, a small, short katana. Uh-huh. And, yeah, he's he's kind of a badass, too. Okay, so as far as us anime watchers go, we don't know that. Yes, um, but it's... Then you see that Kaname is going around to all the other clans in the area and is trying to make non-aggression packs. And you kind of learn how much of a badass Kaname has turned into. Because there's one where Kaname is talking to a clan and there's like five people in this room. And they're like, well, you seem kind of like a little bitch, so I'm not going to listen to you. And Are those his words or are you just paraphrasing? Kind of paraphrasing. <laughs> okay. But they're like, well, we're not going to listen to you because you're like that whole Darwin's Game thing. We're only the strongest survivor. They're like, well, we got a bunch of us and we're going to be a lot stronger than you. And then the next page you just see Kaname like in the middle of nowhere and or you don't see Kaname at all and you see a flashbang just sitting on the couch and then Kaname takes the leader and has a knife to his throat in the next like the next um slide and just like well if you if you want to live you're gonna essentially you're gonna agree to what I have to say mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, you're not going to do this. And then you you see that he has the knife closer to his throat and blood starts coming out. And is like, try me. That's essentially what kind of made so. Stone cold killer, bro. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm excited to see what he can do because up to this point, he's just a regular human. Like, he doesn't have, like, special fighting ability. Like, he has great reflexes. Mm-hmm. You right. know, you hear that a lot. But he doesn't have, like, amazing fighting abilities. He doesn't have that little power that uh, Zulong Zulong has. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he not all he has he's, is his mind. He's got those instincts for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know if I missed this or not, but in the anime, Kaname turns badass after his, after his, his fat boy dead. dies. How, yeah. When does he turn into a badass in the anime? Like, when does, when does he click it, over? In the manga, you mean? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the manga. Uh, basically the same point. It, it's... So they always was it, was it the same character? Yep. Same so boy. His, his friend when his friend dies, he's oh been, yeah yeah because he was kidnapped from school. Sorry, yeah, yeah. I missed that. Basically, he, what he says is that he believed people playing the game were just like basically like him, where everybody got coerced into the game, right? And they didn't want to play. It. And then when he find when his friend dies, he's like, no, they they're not playing this game because they got sucked into it. They're playing this game because they're they they're want terrible. to. They're they want to. Be there's a lot of people that want to be in it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so at this point, if you're in this game, you want, you, you're a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And so he 
just kind of clicked. So now, now he's this. So Zulon calls him a prodigy for when it comes to fighting. Because he's just naturally gifted. He, he's just this naturally good at... His instincts are, are just that good that he can see what's going on and make the right call every time it was. What was she saying? Like, he's got a mind for war. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just he, with the help of Ziming, it's X-I-M-I-N-G. Oh, I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. That's the butler? Yeah, that's... Driver? The, yeah, that's the driver. Well, they call him an attendant. Zulon's attendant. Oh, sorry. I don't know why I'm saying a butler. It just comes to me. <laughs> because at this point, you, you just kind of think of him as the driver. Yeah. But in all actuality... Chauffeur. He, he is the person that helped train Zulon. Yeah, so he's probably even better than Zulon, all, for all we know. Well, he's old, so he's not going to be as good as her. <laughs> We're saying all old people suck. <laughs> it, totally it's, kidding. It, it's going to be one of those things where... You know, a person in their 20s is going to be much more in their prime compared yeah. to somebody. And then Zulon is also the the heir to the assassin uh-huh. family versus uh, Ziming, who is just essentially the trainer for this entire family. It's, it's a little different. And so he's the one that's teaching Kaname essentially how to properly work on his instincts, use, mm. use everything correctly. And one thing that's talked about is how his theory is that if there is an A1 ranked character, which at this point they're the highest ranked character is an A4, that there will be essentially the final boss game. And that's what he's trying to do in order to bring the end of Darwin's game. To put it in perspective, to get to an, to be an A1 ranked person, it is 60,000 points. Okay. So which is Shuko. She's and in the anime she, she was an A1. Like, she's an A4 player. Cool. She's Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought okay, so A1 is better than an A4? Yeah, so an A1 is the highest is the highest tier. So she, um, Zulon is the number one ranked person, and then Shuka is the actually fifth ranked person. Okay. So, are, do you think it might be safe to say that Zulong is a uh, like maybe an S rank? Because I know in many, I don't know if our listeners know, but in many games and things that do any kind of ranking, usually S rank usually stands for like superior and like the the best of the best. So, do you think that's gonna go in that direction? Um, I mean. Sh- so she's ranked the number one person, which is essentially saying the same thing, but ranking up, you only do through points. So you have to spend points to rank up. Okay. The one thing that they talk about in the manga is that the first time a person turns into an A4, which is like the lowest tiered A rank, is when the first game appears. So when Zulong became an A4 ranked person, that diamond game happened. And so Rain believes, with the help of Kaname, is that like the first person that becomes an A1 ranked person will be when the boss game happens. And so the people that are A... So, like, all the top-ranked people at this point, so 1 through 5, are all A4-ranked people. Or or A4-tiered. It might be a better way to say it. Because if you try to think of it as a rank, that's not necessarily true. They're all tiered at A4. And, as I said, it, it costs points to rank up, or tier up. And so even, like, Zulon... Is only an A4 ranked person. A4 tiered person. Wait, Shuka is also A4? Shuka, Shuka at this point is an A4 as well. 
And then they talk about Kaname being an, a B1 tier person. He's still relatively new, so you can't expect him to already jump to an A. Yeah, and, and again, you have to spend points to get to that point. Right. Yeah, because why would, why would he spend points? He doesn't have to buy weapons. Because yep. he can manufacture his own. He can buy protective points to keep himself yeah, off the grid. That's all he's basically... He's buying shelter. Yeah, he shelter, shelter points. points. So he, he was in the beginning, and they talked about how it being 10 points for, a, I think it was a three-day shelter. Yeah, which is nothing to him. He's well, a yeah. rich boy now. Well, at this, at this point, but he's also got Sunset Ravens, so they're going around killing everybody. Uh-huh. That they need to kill, so it really doesn't matter. But then that's why the insurance company is so important because you can spend instead of spending game points, you are spending real money. So you're spending yen to get protection from that insurance company that paid out the death, mm. the uh, life oh, insurance policy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's that's actually an important thing because you see in the manga that the insurance company who is ran by Hidaki Hinora is the guy who actually pays out the insurance policy check to Seasony. You see him and Themis, who is in charge of the Trinity Gambling Club, have a discussion in the manga because her ability is that plus one, as we were talking about earlier, and her plus one in the next game, which you see at the very end of... Episode 11. Episode 11, yeah, is to put uh, Hadaki into the game. And that game's going to be called the the, uh, hunting game. So that... That was, you see them plotting in order to get back at Kaname because obviously the insurance game or the insurance guy is worthless. His his privilege is worthless because there's nobody fighting in his area, in Mm -hmm. his district. And then also, uh, Themis is also worthless because there's nothing to bet on. The only thing that, the only privilege that is still being useful is the Donjo Boxing Club because nobody's dying during his match during those matches so they can bet there but the reason why that's a thing is because the Donjo Boxing Club and Kaname have a, a mutual agreement to make sure that nobody dies which was a part of when his training regimen his training regimen where they have that you see it in the anime where they talk about how they're they forming their alliance yeah, they, they lived up to their end of the bargain by doing what they want. Mm-hmm. And so the other <clears throat> the bargain that Kaname gave was that uh, the Donjo Boxing Club could keep having matches. Right, and that was kind of what uh, Inukai, the speedster, was saying at the end of the anime was, you know, I may be part of another clan, but I'll be here to support you whenever you need me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's quite a bit has changed since there, there was a lot of things that were left out. In the, in the anime compared to the manga, but there wasn't a whole lot that if you... Like, if we never had this discussion, you just kind of be like... Oh, oh you would never know. Because, yeah. yeah, going into this, 11 episodes, what we know, what we know, that was perfect. Yep. Everything was so fast-paced and awesome, but if you're going to throw this much information into the anime from the manga, you might as well turn this into a 24-episode slow-paced manga. Or 45-episode... <laughs> or 45-minute uh, episodes. You know oh, I mean? Or 45-minute episodes, yeah. sure. Because, oh, we forgot to mention that the first episode is 45 minutes. Yep. Everything after that is 25? Yep. Yeah, the basic. Yep. But it's that's why there's only 11 episodes instead of 12, is because they essentially made the first episode two yeah. instead of twice one. As, twice as much, yeah. Which is weird. But If they were going to do this on like live air, episode one, that wouldn't... That would disrupt so much. Uh, but they'd live make it time. into a one-hour block instead of a 
They would have to. Yeah. But I wonder if that's going to disrupt that's whatever. I mean, if just say Toonami was going to be showing this, they would have to essentially delete something for one day. Like, say, I don't know, I don't know how best to describe it. Like, say, there's a 10.30 block, there's an 11 o'clock, there's an 11.30 block, and everything is typically in order for week by week, no change whatsoever. If you're going to do this, they'd either have to split this episode one into two parts. Not necessarily. Or they'd have to sacrifice a block. Which no. they, they've done that a few times, though. Is they've made yeah. Well, you got to realize, we don't work in network. You know, yeah. The people that work in network, let them do what they do. But <laughs> oh, you also got to realize that even without us realizing, like, during the time, they do this with, like, a lot of shows. Yeah. Uh I don't know if you guys watch The Office, but they have a couple extended long shows, and they they make a schedule. Oh yeah, there was like extended episodes. Yeah. So whatever. let them do what they do, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's something on their end that they have to figure out. Yeah. Oh, plus I also said tsunami. I'm an Adult Swim because there's no way this is ever going to show up on tsunami. <laughs> you don't you don't know, bro. It's, it's too much. There's a lot of blood and killing. So so oh, they. Uh, they definitely, I wouldn't say they toned down Wong, but they made him much more sinister in the manga. Like, they, they showed, like, just Damn, head, really? heads, heads clean, chopped off, and... Oh. They made him a little sinister here, but... He, he was yeah. definitely sinister, but, like, you saw the finger, the jar of fingers a few no, more just, times. I was, yeah. a, I was just about to say, like, drink some finger juice, and then or, his, pickling some fingers, and it'll make you eat them or something like that. Yeah. And then his, um, ways. He, when he's got Ryuji just uh, captured, they made him a lot more dark in j- just the the drawing. They made him more dark. Yeah. So that that's so they they tur- toned him down a little bit. And the sake is it was already dark enough in the anime because Ryuji was pretty much begging for death at that point. Yep. And the the thing about him is in the anime that or excuse me in the manga they called him one. And King. Wong, you're talking about. Yeah, they, they called Wong one, O-N-E, or King, and then in the anime they called him Wong, which, Lance, you might be able to explain that a little bit better than I can. Is there really, like, is, does Wong mean anything in, is there a translation thing? Ooh, sorry. I have no inside information on that <laughs> one. All right, that's, that's fine. It might just be one of those things where they just kind of translated it a little bit different. So that's, yeah, that's, that's really all I have for as far as the differences in the manga, there's there's quite a bit. Well, that was a shit ton of manga, bro. Yeah, dude, that was almost <laughs> as extensive as our Dead Man Wonderland episode. Holy crap! Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that, I did forget one more thing. So the the manga stops at chapter thirty four. So chapter that, thirty four. And you were saying each chapter was like sixty pages long. E- each chapter was anywhere from forty four to sixty pages long. Yeah. Yeah. Multiply that times. How many yeah, it was, it was a lot of reading. Jeez. And you've already all well, good thing you love this anime slash manga so much. It was yeah, I've, I've this is why this is why we do it bi weekly. <laughs> you know, Matt's got a lot of shit to do. Obviously, we all have jobs, but that's a lot of fucking reading and watching the anime and watching the anime. And it's yeah, it's it's a process. It's definitely a process. Damn, but, but it's and then just to kind of give you guys a little bit of information. So it's the manga is actually onto chapter. I want to say 90, 95 is how many chapters. The and we're only like 30, 30 what? 34 into it. We're yeah. 34 out of like 90. We're, so, okay, so we can pretty, at this pace, we can pretty much expect three seasons worth. Three to four because the manga is still ongoing. Now, there has been rumors that the manga will be ending soon. We'll see. I can, from what I know, I can kind of see it, but I can also see him extending it. So we'll just, we'll just see how that, we'll see how far it goes. Personally, how far are you? 
I'm on chapter 95. Like, I've, I've caught up. Oh, damn. Okay, so you already know what to expect. Yes. and But the thing is, by what they've changed in the anime compared to the manga, where I'm curious to see how they're going to have season two. Yeah. Okay. As we've talked about before, all those changes that they've had aren't super important. Like it no, did... they're not significant enough to change the anime. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the plot line is still the same. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, absolutely nothing has changed. Like, if anybody had never heard of me talking about the manga and just watched the anime... Nothing would change. They'd be fine. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I'm going to be excited for season two. Like, that's a... What, what's something you guys are looking for for season two? Besides just... What happens in the in that um, hunting game? Mm, I mean, they were they're talking so much about the game master, and episode eleven kind of ended up with uh, what's his name, Obero. Obero. And I'm just gonna call it a church. He just killed yeah. everyone in that church. I want to see why he kind of has that bloodthirst for himself, and he's ready to take on the next challenge. I want to see more of that. So I want to I want to see more of these super top ranked players. Show their faces and show a challenge. What about you, Ricky? Um, I obviously want to see our main characters live and <laughs> see, you know, how they have to win this game. But I'm interested in seeing more of the events. Like if it, like if it's anything like the first event, where it's like obviously a video game. Uh-huh. We know it's a mobile game, but oh sure. But just that type of scenery or whatever. But I want to see more events and what kind of games they come up with. Yeah, we can expect this forest one to come up next. The hunting game. So the hunting game is um, at the end of chapter 34, Kaname gets teleported into the hunting game. And so obviously that's going to be, that's going to be a big one. And Ricky, just to kind of give you a little bit of a spoiler, spoiler without giving you a spoiler, there's definitely going to be more games in. I'm excited. That's good. It's because I like the, I like the little science that they break down with it. And Uh What Rain was talking about is like the, if you read the fine print or if you read how they were wording it. Yeah, the fine print. You know, well, not even just the fine print, but the, how they were wording it. You know, they caught on the first game or the first event. They caught on like, oh, if you finish the event, but the rings weren't the treasure that they were looking for type of shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah but like, that's you, what I'm excited about. Yeah, like the rings, you need to finish with the rings, but you also need to finish the event. But how exactly do you finish the event? That's that's a yeah. puzzle they need to resolve. Yeah. I promise you, this one will not be the only one like that. Good. That's all I'm going to say as far as what what happens beyond. Well, shit. I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to this. And just so anybody knows, everything that I've seen, Season 2 has, has been announced. They're talking about spring of 2022, which should be probably April-ish time frame. In case anybody's wondering, you have plenty of time to watch Season 1 before Season 2 comes out. Right. So right now, while we're recording, that's a solid half a year so yeah. it's gonna suck for us in the meantime but eventually we'll get around to part two yeah definitely watch this this, this is a great anime mm-hmm. don't don't judge a book by its cover that's the number one thing i can i keep telling myself all the time dude there's so much good anime out there that you dismiss just because of a stupid title or a stupid uh thumbnail yeah shield hero that's a that's a big one that comes to mind <laughs> yeah that sounds super dumb but all i hear is good things about it and i yeah. still have yet to even start it you know <laughs> ever since we started this thing i i haven't seen an anime i don't like yet oh yeah yep everything's amazing you know we have a couple bitches here and there but everything eh, yeah it's fun man it's it's all in good fun though yeah all right guys i'm pretty sure that's it for our episode huh what do you guys think yeah i agree all right well thank you anime loungers for listening to our episode today of darwin's game Please like, subscribe, follow, and share our content to help to grow this community. Um, 
Other than that, we're out. Yeah.